Hey y'all, welcome to the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silent shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you hate to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. Hey y'all, hey, hey, hey. Today, we're talking about actively and strategically resisting fear in our lives. Yes, I am going to be walking you through a practical and strategic way to overcome fear, to tear down every limitation, to resist and break through every roadblock that may come your way in your life that keeps you from obedience to God, that keeps you from going to your next level, that keeps you from being bold and confident in who God has called you to be. And we're going to do that. A lot of times we hear the inspirational messages and the cute motivational quotes on social media and they pump us up for a little bit, right? But the truth of the matter is they only help us or motivate us or inspire us for a small amount of time. And those quotes and those messages without strategy are basically worthless, right? You need the strategy to truly be able to overcome. And so many of you all know that I am a kingdom administrator. So a lot of the things that I give you are going to come with strategy. They're going to come with the tools you need to truly be successful in this walk of becoming the unveiled woman, to becoming the bold, set-apart, uncompromised woman, to becoming your unapologetic self. And so let's keep it going. In episode one of the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast, I share my testimony, and you can get the full details and the entire story of my um, testimony as well as how I overcame in my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation and Experiencing Healing and Restoration. And it's actually available on Amazon now. And you can get it um, via a paperback copy or also on Kindle. So definitely go and check it out if you haven't heard my testimony. Hopefully I'll get a chance to record the full thing in this dramatic, beautiful way soon. But until then, you can check out all you need on um, in the book on Amazon as well as going to episode one of the podcast and hearing more. And basically, I talk about how fear kept me in bondage way longer than I should have allowed it to. Listen, I'm not talking to you all today about anything that I have not yet experienced. I'm not talking to you all about something that I've read in books. I'm not talking to you all about something that I've heard other people preach about. I'm literally telling you how fear, the thing that we're learning how to resist and overcome and break through, how it kept me in bondage, how it restricted me, okay, way longer than it should have, right? And a lot of times we think the enemy has this um, huge amount of power and is able to control us in a way, and we kind of put limits on how big our God is and how powerful our God is, and we allow fear to just take over. And if I can be honest with you, to be fearful is to sin because God commands us to not be afraid. If he literally is not suggesting it, he commands it in the Bible over and over and over again. So this episode is going to be vital. It's very important, especially when we're talking about overcoming condemnation and shame. Because fear of man, fear of rejection, and fear of disapproval will literally have us out here walking on eggshells, okay? It has us literally walking in the wilderness for 40 years when we're supposed to arrive at our destination for years, in four months, in four days. You understand what I'm saying? And so, what do we need to do, right? And so, the Bible tells us that 
deliver us from all of our fears. And this is where we will get into our anchor scripture, Psalm 34. And while Psalms 34 is great to read, and I encourage you all to read the entire chapter, one of the verses that I'm going to highlight today um, is going to be, actually it's going to be four verses that I'm going to um, highlight today, and then I'll read the full chapter later on in this episode. And so... The anchor scriptures for this podcast episode is going to be Psalm 34, verse 4, Psalm 34, verse 11, and then Psalm 34, verses 13 through 14. And so, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 11 says, come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And in verses 13 through 14, it says, um, here we're going to get into some strategy, right? And this is what it says. It says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So all throughout the Bible, there's strategies, there's commands, there's the tools you need. To live a successful Christian life, there's tools you need to live a bold, confident, fearless life. And there's so many tools to help you overcome everything that you can find yourself um, fighting in, um, everything that every situation you can find yourself in. There's tools and strategies all throughout the Bible to help us. And so in Psalm 34, especially in verses 13 through 14, here we see strategy. It tells us, like, what are some ways that we can overcome this thing called fear? How can we be delivered from living a life of fear? And it says in verse 13, first thing, you need to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. And then verse 14 says, depart from evil and do good, and then seek peace and pursue it. And so, I love those verses because it's not just talking about overcoming fear, but it's telling you what you need to replace that with. And we kind of get into like the differences between fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of disapproval, that, that fear that has the evil connotation into this beautiful fear that has, um, you know, when you truly understand it, have the revelation behind it. It has this beautiful, um, freeing connotation, and it's the fear of the Lord. And we know in Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and destruction, and instruction, and not destruction. <laughs> Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then we have Isaiah 41 and 10. And these are just some of those supporting scriptures that I want you all to take note of. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, New King James Version, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Okay? So when we're talking about fear, it's important to know that there is a negative connotation of fear, which most people usually think of when they hear the word fear. But there's also a positive connotation of fear. We usually think of this when we hear and speak about the fear of the Lord. But when we have a... When we have a skewed perspective of God, then we also have a skewed perspective of fear of the Lord. And when we hear people say fear of God, we think like, oh, I need to be afraid of him in a way that's um, not true, right? And so let's talk about fear. Let's get into this word fear. I think it's very interesting that the definition itself points out two things. And the first thing that Fear is an emotion. And the second thing the definition points out is that fear is caused by a belief. And so the definition says that fear is an unpleasant emotion 
caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. It also means to be afraid of someone or something is likely, likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. And so when we talk about these things, we must ask ourselves what beliefs, what thoughts, what ideas are causing us to have an unpleasant emotion or feeling about someone or something? And where did this belief, belief stem from? Was it a past event or experience? Was it something we were taught by our parents or in our classrooms? Where did we get this idea or thought pattern from? Who taught us this? What do we go through to make us believe what we're believing? So example, one example is if I'm in a grocery store, right, and I walk past someone and I notice that they have a gun on their hip, um, it's in the holster and everything, but I just notice that they so happen to have a gun on their hip. And immediately I sense this unpleasant emotion um, of fear rise up in me. Naturally, I can do two things, right? And in social work, we call this fight or flight. And many of you all understand that concept. And those are my options. I can fight and be like, oh, what you, what, what you got going? You know? Or I can be like, mm, I ain't even about this life. I ain't going to get into this piece and just go ahead straight for the door. Okay? And we have to ask ourselves in a situation like this, like, where did I get that from? Where did I learn that if someone has a gun? that it's automatically dangerous for me to be around that person versus, oh, I feel safe around this person because they have a gun to protect me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, was it a movie? Was it a song? Was it how I was taught growing up? Like, what thought or belief am I believing to make me immediately have an unpleasant emotion about this person having a gun on their hip? Versus me thinking like, oh, I feel so much safer now because I know somebody in here packing. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. And so, another example is, let's say you have a speaking engagement or a performance, right? Or for you, it could be a hot first day. But immediately before you have to go on, uh, whether it's on stage, whether it's on a podcast, whether... Is going into the restaurant for their first date. Immediately before you go in, you start getting this unpleasant emotion. This this feeling of uneasiness begins to overtake you. And again, just like in the example of the grocery store, you have two things you can do. Right? You can fight. And in this instance, it looks like resisting the emotion disarming yourself and be like, okay, girl, you got this, right? Because if you're going and you have a, a, a role or a job to go and speak somewhere, you don't have time to be running, talking about, oh, I can't do this. No, baby, this is the time where you got to be like, okay, fear, get thee behind me, right? You have to command that mountain of fear to be removed immediately, right? So you can go and um, do what God has called you to do. So in this moment, you might have to fight a different way. And then you also can flight, right? And in this instance, it's escaping, it's shrinking, it's retreating to safety or comfort. Oh my goodness. Sometimes when we're flighting, when we're running away, when we're removing ourselves from a situation, when we're saying, oh, I can't do this, when we're speaking these limiting beliefs out loud, they're going from a thought to us vocalizing it and us decreeing and declaring it over ourselves, we begin to be like, oh, I can't do this. And I think it's interesting that flighting in some instances can mean to escape. It can mean to shrink back. It can mean to retreat. And it says to retreat to safety or comfort. And a lot of times we have to discern which one are we retreating to because sometimes it's very wise to retreat to safety, right? And then sometimes it's not so wise to retreat to comfort. 
right? If God is calling us to do something, we allow fear to rise up when we go back in our comfort zones. And we remain where we are. We remain stagnant. We prevent the person who's supposed to hear what we had to say from accessing their freedom, right? Because we didn't share our testimony. Because we didn't speak up. We didn't declare the word of the Lord. We didn't ask them or invite them to go to church with us. We didn't do what we were supposed to do on our end. And so we don't understand. We're looking at how much we're feeling uneasy and fearful about a situation. And we're not even thinking about the, the people who are supposed to be impacted by our obedience. And so, of course, we have to use discernment to determine which route to take. Um, if that route is to fight or if that route is to flight. And so that's fear defined. But then, like I mentioned earlier, there's also a fear of the Lord. And fear of the Lord is a good thing. It's something that we're commanded to do. Like we're commanded to have a fear of the Lord. And it's literally to have a, a deep reverence of the things of God, of his glory, of his power, of his authority, of his goodness, of his mercy, of his faithfulness, of his majesty, right? The fear of the Lord is to have a deep reverence, to be in awe of him day and night, to just be so amazing and wonder about all who he is, right? And we know that the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord can lead to love. It leads to love, not being afraid of God when we can't trust him or, you know, things like that. So when we have a fear of man, it's nothing like having a fear of the Lord, right? When we have a fear of the Lord, we're acknowledging that his plans are for, for good. His plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. But when we have a fear of man, we're we're under the assumption or like the um the definition said earlier, the fear of man or anything is like we have a belief, whether it's an assumption or not, that someone or something is dangerous dangerous, that they're likely to cause us pain or that they're a threat to us, right? But the fear of the Lord is very wholesome. It's when you dread displeasing God. It's like, man, I love him so much. I honor him. I adore him. I worship him so much that it literally burdens me to displease him. It literally makes me feel some type of way when people disobey him. Like how David was when he went to go and fight Goliath. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking crazy? Do he not know that this is the, the army of the Lord? You understand what I'm saying? David said, who, who do this dude think he's talking to? Do he not know? You understand what I'm saying? Like, you have a wholesome dread of displeasing God. And you have little to no respect for those who come and displease God. You understand? Because just imagine you walking in the classroom and somebody talking about your daddy. Oh, you're not going to talk about my daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm, that ain't happening. And so, I really think it's so important. And I'm going to read all of Psalm 34 for you because it's literally a time where David has to put his entire trust in God, right? He's in a situation where they're out to come and take his life. And, and even in the midst of people pursuing him, it says, this is David, a psalm that David says in Psalm 34. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And we know this one. And it says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no one to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The faith of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Listen, this is just... Like, if y'all want to get inspiration and motivation, like, y'all just need to come to the Word. Because, baby, let me tell you, this is going to be the, the inspiration and the motivation you need. And then, not only is it giving you inspiration and motivation, it's literally giving you the secret sauce. It's giving you the keys you need, right? If you're struggling with fear, like so many of us are or have been in some point in life, right? It tells you what you need to do. In verse 4, it tells you, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. So what needs to happen if you're feeling fearful? Go seek God. Go seek the Lord. Go praise him. Make sure praise is continually in your mouth, even when you're feeling afraid. You know, you have a task that you feel like you're not really ready to take on. Praise the Lord in the midst of it. It says, magnify the Lord and exalt his name. It says, the Lord will save you from your troubles. He will encamp all around those who fear him. And he will deliver them. Right? So we see God as a savior. We see him as a deliverer. We see him as a, a safety. We see him as a protector. Right? It says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. It says, for those who fear the Lord, there is no want to those people. It says, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Who are you seeking? Who are you seeking? All right, so fear isn't something we can necessarily avoid, right? Let's be clear. I'm not going to teach you how to never have fear. It's, it's an emotion that arises. We've been taught it so much, it's going to be very difficult to erase the emotion from life, right? So it's not something that I'm teaching you to avoid. But it is something that we don't have to let or allow to control our life and the decisions we make. All right. So let's get into the keys. Right. I love to give y'all all the keys, all of the strategy that I can give you. Because like I said in the beginning, this is not new to me. I've struggled with the fear of men. I've struggled with fear of disapproval. I've struggled with fear of rejection. And the thing is, we need to deal with it. And how do we do it? Well, first thing first, we need to seek God. We need to have a continual, a continual praise on our lips. Right? Cry out to your dad. Trust in him. 
put your trust in him. My aunt actually yesterday, um, she texted me and she had me go and listen to her testimony that she gave at church. And she talked about her, her story and her testimony of um, overcoming cancer and being a survivor. And her testimony was just so powerful how God used that situation, right, for her to trust him more. And then what did, what did he do? He delivered her from all her fears. And then he encamped around her. And then he delivered her from her troubles. He delivered her from cancer. You understand what I'm saying? This is not something we just read in the Bible. This is real life. There's testimonies after testimony after testimony that people are truly experiencing Psalm 34 because they sought the Lord and he heard them. Because they truly put their trust in him. And because of it, they lack no good thing. Alright? And so, let's talk more. One of the ways we overcome fear is we need to be able to identify and acknowledge it. Okay? So, if you're that person who who is like, eh, I'm not fearful. I'm just bold as a lion. Right? And it's okay to be confident, but it's also okay to be broken. It's also to be it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be real, right? Because we're not always bold as lions. We're not always ready to go to battle, okay? And it's okay. As women, we like to be strong and independent. We don't like to ask people for anything. And it hinders us. It restricts us sometimes, right? And so the first thing, when you realize that you're experiencing an uneasy or an unpleasant emotion because of a belief that you have, you need to identify that belief. You need to identify that fear. You need to acknowledge it, right? If every time you go and do something in particular and you start to feel fear rise up, you start, your hands start getting sweaty, your, your, your heartbeat start going faster than usual, right? You start having all of these negative thoughts. You start speaking out of your mouth that you can't do this. Ooh, what, what have I got myself into? You start making up excuses to why you can't go somewhere. All of these different things, you need to identify and acknowledge that fear. Here's the thing. When you know who you are and who your God is, and when you understand the Bible, then you understand that Oh, he got me. It says, Yea, though I walk through the um, valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. So, you have to understand, like, oh, even if I try to feel fear, I know that he's with me. Right? So, think of a time where you've overcome fear in the past. Right? By the grace of God, when was a time where you fearful? I remember I was in Bridge Builders in high school, and they had us doing some wild stuff all the time, but, you know, bold as a lion, right? And so one of the things they had us do was fall backwards off of a, I want to say it was a 12-foot ladder, and we had to fall backwards into the arms of like a zipper arms of our group, right? These are people who we have just met for the first time maybe a few days ago, okay? And we're falling backwards in their arms <laughs> off of a 12-foot ladder. And they had us doing things like that. They had us um, rock climbing and doing these obstacle courses, all of these things that many of us had never done before. And one of the ways you overcome fear is remembering God's goodness. And I wish I had my phone right now because I was reading the scripture and I think it was in 2 Samuel and it was so good for this moment and I don't have my phone. Um, 
But it basically was saying, like, remember the good things he has done. Remember the good things he has done. And so one way that we can overcome fear is remembering his faithfulness before. Remember how he's brought you out before. Remember his grace before. Remember his goodness before. And one way you can do that, um, I like to say consider the evidence. And one way we can consider the evidence is um, something me and Darius, my husband, started a, what, last year or a year before last. We began to write out our testimonies, our small wins, our celebratory moments every single month. And those are your reference points, right? So we literally began to journal, okay, in the month of January, what, what happened? What, what, what were our testimonies? What were our small wins? Did you pay off debt? Did you lose weight? Did you eat healthy? Did you read your Bible every day? Did you go to church every Sunday? Did you did you cook breakfast? Did you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Did you say I love you to your children? Did you wake up and make your bed? Anything for you, whatever it is for you, you journal that down. So when you are faced with these moments of fear, of, of just you don't know what to do, you have a reference point. You have evidence. Man, I was in this situation February of 2017. You know, you can look back in your past and be like, well, I was in something even worse than what I am in now. And God delivered me. God kept me. God healed me. God provided for me. God restored me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I was in food. I was on food stamps and, and all of these things in my past, but I, I never was hungry. God provided for me. Even when I got off by faith, God provided for me. Like, write out your testimonies. Write out your small wins. Write out the things that we usually overlook. Every single month. So you can have a reference point. The next time fear tries to look you in your face and intimidate you. And then rise up in boldness, right? Rise up in boldness. Be strategic. Sometimes we want to put on everybody else's armor. We want to look at what everybody else on social media is doing and seeing, oh, their testimony, they said they did this, so I'm going to do it just like them, right? I'm going to put on their armor. I'm going to take their route. No, you have to be strategic in how you conquer fear, how you conquer your Goliath. And I just love that story of David and Goliath because there's so many gems and keys and strategy in this story in 1 Samuel 17. But specifically, I love David's response when everyone else around him was afraid, right? So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 11, it says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gat, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was named, he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And so you skip down to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 31 through 51, and it says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, and so y'all know the story of David. They said, well, who was this dude? Who, who, y'all afraid? What's up? I got this. <laughs> right? So... 
you get to First Samuel 17, chapter 31 through 51, and it says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Right? And so I said, you have to rise up in boldness. Right? When everyone else is around you afraid, when everyone else is trying to project their fears on you and telling you, girl, you don't need to do that because, you know, what you call so-and-so tried to do that and this is what happened to her. Girl, you know you don't need to be trying to be no entrepreneur because it's okay to work a 9-5 when God has called you to be an entrepreneur. Girl, you better go lead that 9-5. Right, and if God calls you to be working nine to five, and you will be trying to be an entrepreneur, it's, it works both ways. You understand? And so, literally, people around us can be telling us, "Girl, don't do that. Girl, you need to have a plan B and a plan C. Oh, what's your exit plan? Oh, what, you need to be planning ahead. What you gonna do when this happens? What you gonna do when that happens? What what if this and what if that? Everybody is projecting their fears on him." Because they're afraid. Because they walk in fear. Because they don't understand the assignment on your life. Because they don't understand that God has already promised you that if you seek him, he's going to hear you and deliver you from all of your fears. Listen, they don't know what you know. So you can't allow their fears to restrict you. To keep you stagnant. No, we resist the urge of fear. We overcome fear. By the power of the Most High God, because of his promises to us in Psalm 34, right? We know this podcast is all about coupling faith with action and standing on the promises of God. So I'm going to give you the promise and I'm going to give you the action, okay? And so let's go back to it. And so 1 Samuel 17, um, verse 32, it says, then David said, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, listen to this. He says, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. Like, you're just a little boy. But this dude, he's been a man of war since he was a little boy. Since he was about your age. You can't go against him. Listen, the devil is a liar. Can and I will. You know what I'm saying? You have to rise up in boldness despite what people are saying to you. Even the people who you look up to sometimes. People who have taken care of you. People who have put you in position. Sometimes they don't see what you've seen. They haven't experienced what you've experienced so they can't trust him like you can. My God, they cannot trust you. They cannot trust God like you trust him. Because they haven't been through what you've been through. They haven't experienced what you've experienced. They haven't seen what he's shown you. Come on. This is what David said back to Saul in verse 34. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 34. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it. And delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it, he's talking about the lion or the bear, when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Right? So you rise up in boldness. You be strategic. And then this is what David did. I just told y'all, you have to consider the evidence. What was David's evidence? He said, well, let me tell you. Because I used to keep my father's sheep back back in the day and listen when a lion or a bear tried to come at the sheep I ain't run away from it no I went after it it didn't say it came to him he said I went after it and struck it and delivered it from the lambs delivered the lamb from his mouth and he conquered it and so after you Rise up in boldness after you are strategic, after you consider the evidence, you're going to see that you're going to conquer it. And in verse 36, it says, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. 
Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, consider the evidence, the same God, the same God who delivered the lion from me, who delivered me from the lion, the same God who delivered me from the bear, the same God who delivered me from poverty, the same God who delivered me from sickness, illness, and disease, the same God who delivered me from cancer, the same God who delivered me from fear, the same God who delivered me from condemnation and shame, the same God, the same God who delivered me from those things is also going to deliver me from this Philistine. He's also going to be the same God who delivered me from Goliath. And so, when you show people the evidence, that's when you kind of kind of can increase their faith. Right? They either going to be like, oh, for real, he did all that? Oh, you good then. Or they're going to be like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They're going to hate on you. You know what I'm saying? But this is what Saul said to David. He said, okay, go. And the Lord be with you. So Saul quote. David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And then this is what David said to Saul and I love this. And it goes back to my point like you can't be trying to listen to everybody else's testimony because we overcome by the blood of lamb and the word of testimonies but sometimes we try to look and hear what they did to get their victory and to get their deliverance and we try to mimic exactly that. When we don't have the same walk, we don't have the same intimacy, we don't have the same relationship with God. And so this is what happens. Saul tries to give David his armor. And it says when David began to walk, he he was like, oh, I can't walk with these. For I have not tested them. So what did David do? He took them off. Oh, this is your armor. This is how you fight your battles. This, this is what you have to wear when you go to war. But I, I walk different. I fight different. I war different. I go to war different. You understand what I'm saying? This is David. And so he took his staff in his hand and he chose for him five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who wore the shield went before him. So here you have David running out. And you have Goliath and his servant both running out toward him. And it says, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. It's like you can't let people say, oh, you're too young to do that. Oh, you too, you too young to be doing this. Oh, you too young. It says, that's what that's what the did today. He said, Oh, you just a little boy. You you a young dude. Do you know who I am? Do you know how long I've been doing this? And so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and so did the man who wore the shield. And like I said, when he saw that he was only a youth ruddy and good looking, the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And what did the Philistine do? He said he cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Listen, y'all, I, I was a fighter back in the day. You know what I'm saying? When I grew up, I just used to fight. And one thing I hated was when you're getting ready to fight and somebody was doing a lot of talking. So, and, and I, th I thought about this as I'm reading this right now. Because what if, y'all hear David ain't saying nothing yet. But here, Goliath is, and he's talking trash. He like, I'm coming to me and I'm going to be your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the, of the um, field. And I, I was just that person like, you're doing all this talk. I'm doing something. In my mind, I'm like, you didn't keep talking. Because I'm going to knock you clean now. You understand? Like, and so I can imagine this is what David is thinking. And David responds. He said, listen, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. I'm so, I'm so young. I'm so ready. Why are you coming to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin? 
And you got your little farmer bear dude right here in front of you, shielding you. You know what I'm saying? But listen, he said, let me tell you, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This is why you got to know who you are and whose you are. What authority do you carry? See, some of y'all don't carry no authority. So you can't go in front of your, your Goliath, in front of your mountains, and let them know that you come in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel because you don't know him. And so if that's the case, you got to go to the beginning. Okay? You got to repent for your disobedience. You got to get into your word. And you got to come into a relationship. Okay? And so, David says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. What he do? He gave the glory back to God. He said, this ain't even about what I'm going to do to you. But when I do what I'm going to do, it's all going to be for everyone else to know that there is a God in Israel. So that God is going to get all the glory out of me killing you today. It says, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Verse 48 says, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, and David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in the bag and took out a stone, slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine. He took his sword and drew it out of his sheep and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The Lord will cause your enemies to flee before you. Okay, and so this is the story I want you to remember when fear tries to come and intimidate you. You have to say, Fear, I resist you. Fear, I resist you. I will not be afraid, I will not shrink back, I will not retreat to safety or to my comfort zone. I will not be afraid of man. I will not be afraid of your rejection. I will not be afraid of your disapproval. I will not be afraid of your opinion of what I should be doing. I will not be afraid just because you're afraid. I will not be afraid because your experience is that when that happened to you, that you were not victorious. So it's going to be saying, no, 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 no. I don't receive that curse. I don't receive it. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is how you fight your battles. I love this story of David and Goliath because this is how you overcome. This is what you do. These are the tools that you need to actively and strategically resist fear. And so seek the Lord. Keep a praise in your mouth. Consider the evidence. Be sure that you're journaling. Don't take this lightly, y'all. Last year, the Lord told me, he said, document everything. Document everything. And I don't believe that was just for me and my family, but I think that's for the body of Christ. Document everything. Document your wins. Document what happened that, did, that didn't go your way. Document your prayer requests. Document your life. And this not to document to be on social media, this is to document, to testify to the goodness and the, the, the wonders and the glory of God. Right? So that your children can know. So that your children's children can know. How many of our grandparents have died off and we don't know all that God did in their lifetime? In our bloodline, in our ancestors. We don't know what their testimonies were because there were no documentation. Right? Record on the voice memos of your phone. Write a book. Get the stories written. 
Get the story spoken. Whatever you need to do, document everything. And so that way, even when your children are older, they can consider the evidence. Well, I know he did it back for my mama. So if he did it for her, he can do it for me. I love Evangelist Latrice Ryan because she says, if I've seen it in the Bible, I can see it in my life. If it happened in the Bible, it can happen in my life. I love that. Okay? And so understand and acknowledge and identify the fear when it creeps in. Figure out what belief is causing you to feel this way. Understand who you are and who your God is. So even when everybody else around you is afraid, when everyone else is telling you like, don't do that, don't go there, don't do that, you're able to let them know, well, let me tell you what happened back then. And when the enemy is looking in your face and he's talking crazy, when he's trying to intimidate you, when, when fear is looking you in your face and trying to intimidate you, because you know who you are and whose you are, you can boldly confess that the Lord of hosts is with you. Okay? And so rise up, sis. Rise up in boldness. Rise up as a woman of strategy. Rise up as a woman who is ready to conquer and recover all. Rise up as a woman who is ready to go to war for his glory and his glory alone. Remember the story of David and Goliath whenever fear tries to keep creep in. Whenever fear of success, fear of failure tries to creep in. Whenever fear of I won't be good enough. When all of these limiting beliefs try to creep in, remember this story. Remember the keys to overcome. Remember the keys to resist. Okay? So thank you all for joining me this week on the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast. If you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame, be sure, be sure to check out my website at www.ebonydjames.com and make sure you purchase my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation to Receive Healing and Restoration. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. Also, quick, quick, quick reminder, this is the end of February, and if you haven't been listening to the podcast episodes thus far, I do want to let you know that this Wednesday is going to be the second women's life group of the Unveiling Women's Life Group, where my aim is to break limiting beliefs, dismantle condemnation and shame, Help women to discover their identity as a daughter of the Most High God and to help women to stand on the promises of God and recover all. So, if you're available, um, Wednesday, March the 2nd, 2022 at 7.22 p.m., make sure you register to join the life group. It is women only and you can register at www.mdjames.com slash life group. So I hope to see you all there. Have a good night. Bye.